is the University of Michigan. Touchdown, Michigan! Welcome to Blue by 90, your Michigan Wolverines podcast. I'm Kalen, joined by Jack, Nate, and Roe. And today we have a special guest, Toby from the Prattle. Toby, what's up, man? Hey, what's up, you guys? Thank you so much for having me tonight. Thanks, Thanks for, for coming, coming on, on, man. Absolutely. We're glad to have you here, Toby. Uh, what have you been up to during this quarantine? Like a lot of other people, a whole lot of nothing for the first little bit. I am a, I'm a senior in college, so we had online school for, for quite a bit of a time. I go to Grand Valley on the west side of, the, of oh, Michigan. Yeah. yeah. So I, I'm a senior, but I got one more year to go. Um, so I did schoolwork. I've been interviewing a bunch of guys, as, as I'm sure you guys have seen through, through the podcast, and just been, just been hanging out, just been enjoying life. Awesome, man. I heard you just uh, did Braylon Edwards. You just got his podcast recorded, yeah. right? Yeah. We, I recorded that one uh, this past Tuesday, and boy, it took me so long to edit. The, the ones where like, they're bigger name guys, I take just forever, like, you know, nitpick just everything, <laughs> make sure that everything's okay. But I mean, when, when you're anticipating, you know, 3,000, 4,000, maybe 5,000 people listening, you're like, crap man i gotta do this well <laughs> it's gotta be perfect so, right yeah what, yeah it's gotta be what perfect was, exactly what was one of the what was one of the key takeaways that you got from the interview yeah i would say um one thing that was really interesting was his decision between his junior year and his senior year to come back to school because he had two 1000 yard seasons prior to that his sophomore and his junior year he was over a thousand yards and he took me through his conversation with lloyd Lloyd Carr with his dad. And that was super, super interesting. Um, all about like the pre-draft process, the draft grades and stuff, and ultimately him deciding to come back to Michigan. That was really interesting. That, that is pretty interesting because I, I feel like in 2020, you know, if any receiver, especially at Michigan, had back-to-back 1,000-yard seasons, they're going to the NFL for sure, right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I know. I was shocked. I'm like, these people nowadays, they're all about getting their money, getting their money now. But for him and for those guys, they wanted a Rose Bowl. You know, they wanted a Big Ten championship. And yeah. that's kind of what, for me, I got so excited because I'm, I'm all about the team, 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 team kind of guy. You know, the team, the team, the team, as we right. say. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, so I, that just made me really excited. Oh, that's, that's, awesome. one thing, that's one thing I've kind of talked about with these guys before is – I think there's a lot of players who really should just decide to come back for their senior year. I think it's just better for them and they can actually, you know, it's a skill. They're learning this uh, process just like, you know, I like I'm a big golfer, right? So mm-hmm. I golf and it's like, it takes a lot of time to learn that sports, the same thing with these guys in college. And I think sometimes they just prematurely go to the draft and then they, they're like losing time that they could have developed to become an even better player. What are your What are your thoughts on some of the guys who left early this year? Yeah, I mean, well, you look at a guy like like DPJ, right? And I mean, you look at guys like that. But I think to your point, it's a great point because people are thinking about themselves 
and they're thinking about how they can progress them. But they don't realize that the coaching staff at a college or the experience of a college makes you grow up so much. So I think like, for instance, a guy like Caesar, right? Caesar, he went pro first round pick. Love the guy. I interviewed him. He's a great, great guy. And you're just so happy for guys like that. But you look at a guy like, like Donovan Peoples-Jones and you're like, man, think about him one more year in this offense. I know we said that from his freshman year to his oh, junior yeah. year. Like one more year, let's give him one more year. He's going to finally produce and it never happened. But I think having just that experience, like you said, w- with your golf analogy, same thing, like one more year of hitting the range before you're, you know, hitting the PGA Tour or whatever you want to say there, I, I think that's huge. So I, in my opinion, the longer you stay, the better. In most people's opinion, the shorter you stay, the better. So, Well, and I, I think, too, you know, these guys see, you know, possible millions of dollars right in front of their face, right, if they leave. Right. But there is so much value in staying. You know, I, I know just from being a, a Michigan student athlete, you know, you get a ton from – going to the University of Michigan and having that, you know, those connections and the network there and, and beyond, you know, if the longer you stay, the more well-known you're a Wolverine for life and, you know, people and uh, you know, whether it's the university or the MDEN or somebody are inviting you back for autograph sessions, you know, there's so much value there. I think long-term that guys, you know, they just see that million dollar check come or signing bonus come and they don't see, you know, hey, what am I going to do beyond my playing days? Which, you know, the NFL, what do they say? You know, we all learned it from uh, from Rashawn Gary in the yeah. uh, the, yeah. the thing, you know, not for long, right, is what they call yeah. it. So um, I, I think guys have to be, uh, you know, mentored and taught a little better than um, just getting that short-term gain nowadays. Ro, I have one thing for you in that. Um an interesting th- story that my dad told me, obviously I wasn't around for the Fab Five. I was born in, in the late 90s, but he, he would always tell me the story of Chris Weber walking down the street in Ann Arbor and all he saw in the windows was his jersey and he was making nothing off that. Think I, yeah. That's where I'm thinking like, okay, the Fab Five, the biggest thing in college sports, they could be making m- more money than a lot of the NBA players. So I do understand it to a point, but Donovan Peoples-Jones or, or somebody like that is not up to that level. So right. that's where it, it's almost like we're getting to this name and likeness thing. So that's I, we might get that to that a little bit later in this podcast. And sorry if I'm jumping ahead, but really it's, it's more individualized. And, it's not, and like these big name guys, for instance, the Chris Webbers of the world would be able to benefit more. And I think that that would be a, a better option in my opinion. Yeah, and I, I think, too, with um, with the name, image, likeness, and we can jump right into that, too, is um, I think the University of Michigan is at a huge advantage with that coming um, coming about. You know, if, if that gets passed for sure here, um, you know, it's a huge brand and all that stuff. So I think it could help our recruiting coming here in the future, uh, in the near future, because guys are going to want to come to a place that has – you know, a gigantic fan base and they can, you know, work those autograph signings and things like that. So do you think that, do you agree with that? How do you think it can help or hurt um, or change the sport, especially specifically for Michigan? Oh, absolutely. I I think for Michigan specifically, one thing that I noticed just about doing this podcast is how huge the Michigan fan base is. Like what I, what I have thought that sitting in front of a microphone and talking, I'd be able to 
grow this thing to be something like this? Absolutely not. And it and one of the big reasons why is because Michigan has such a massive fan base. One of my good friends is Cam Mocked, who who runs the Michigan Wave, who has almost six sixty thousand Instagram followers, right? So I think that if you look at that, like you said, autograph signings, I would pay to see some of these guys and, and get their autograph in. So it's oh, just yeah. it's so big. Now this is the one issue, right? Is what about the Iowa's of the world? Mm-hmm. Is there going to be this massive competitive imbalance more than it is even now? And I can envision that. And sure, are we going to benefit? Absolutely. But I think for these these teams like Iowa's or Wisconsin's or whatever, even teams right in the Big Ten, I think it's it's going to create a competitive imbalance in something that I don't necessarily want to see. That's a good point. Now, when they talk about paying players in terms of uh, image and likeness, I've read a couple things about, you know, people saying, like, are we going to get an NCAA video game back? Probably not. But for me, I love that game. I'm still playing (laughs) and trying to simulate an updated (laughs) Michigan roster, you know? There you go. (laughs) But Yeah, I agree. I love that game. That's probably the best. That's probably my favorite video game of all time, honestly. And Denard's on the cover. I mean, you got to love it, right? Of course. Doesn't get any better. (laughs) Right. right. Well, if you go to Saginaw, what makes you a Michigan fan? How did that whole fandom get started with you? So I go to Grand Valley or Grand Valley. Um, I'm sorry. Yeah, no, you're you're totally fine. So that's a that's a great question and a question that I asked my dad from a very young age because he never <laughs> he didn't go to Michigan. My mom didn't go to Michigan. My grandparents didn't go to. I'm like, why the heck am I this massive Michigan fan? Like it was you know beaten into me basically. Um, we have season tickets and stuff like that. So the the story goes that my grandpa would listen to the radio and he listened to Michigan State and Michigan. And he loved Bob Eufer, the the famous <laughs> Michigan radio guy. So he's like, you know what? I enjoy listening to Bob Eufer more than whoever the Michigan State radio guy was. Boom. There you go. And then from there, from there, it kept, that's all it took, man. So but we have Bob Eufer, the late Bob Eufer, may rest in peace, uh, to thank for my – the Prattle, man. I guess that's that's what we had to thank for that. So, uh, yeah, pretty cool story, I thought. That's awesome. And how did you come up yeah. with the name The Prattle? Yeah, I actually, I didn't come up with it. I started this podcast with three other high school buddies. I'm from the, the west side over by the Holland area. I don't know if any of you guys have heard of Holland before. I'm um, from Hudsonville. So, are you really? Well, I am, yeah. Did you go to Hudsonville High School? I did, yeah. Oh, dude, I can't like you, man. I'm sorry. I, <laughs> well, I mean, we, we had this chemistry going. What, and I wait, what's your uh, what high school did you go to? Holland High I, or Holland Christian? I went to Zealand East. Um, okay, sick. I was right. at, I was a, I was a starting point guard for Zealand East. I graduated in 2016, and okay. you guys beat us in the district finals. Riley oh. Cost was really good, and yeah, I'm, so I'm was, good friends with the Costins, actually. All of them, are you yeah, really? yeah, yeah. Uh, Oh, I'm going to get off this call. So I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Quickly change the subject. That's funny. Oh, man. Um, yeah. So I didn't come up with the name. Um, my buddies, actually, I was kind of like a late addition to the podcast. They're like, hey, do you want to buy a microphone? We're going to do this podcast. I'm like, yeah, sure. They know I like to talk and they know I'm, I know what I'm talking about when it comes to sports. So they already had the prattle. It basically means to talk about nothing. Um, I, I don't love the name by any means. Cause I think I talk about something, um, <laughs> but I mean, now everybody knows me by that name. So it's, it's harder to change. So yeah, I didn't come up with it. That's so, so it's been, so how many years have you been doing it now? 
Um, so we did that in the winter of, or like the beginning of 2018 was when we started that. And I started doing it by myself about, I was actually checking right before this, like almost a week or almost a year ago, I interviewed Jamarek Woods, our old safety. Um, and he was kind of my first kind of get by myself. So for a year, I've been doing it by myself about. Nice. So how did that, like, how did that come about? Did they just kind of want to drop out and not really be a part of it? Or were you just like, I'm taking it more seriously than them. And I kind of really want to see where I can go with this or how, how did that really happen? Right. I didn't take it from them by any means. I, uh, <laughs> I, 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 I had, it was like four of us just like this, four buddies. And I, I mean, talking sports with your buddies, there's, there's nothing cooler than that in my opinion. I love doing that. Um, but yeah, they just, um, life is busy. They were all graduating college. They're all about my age. One, one of uh, our guys studied law. So he was going crazy with that wow. and everything. So yeah, everybody was really busy and it just kind of was started to drop one by one by one. And then everybody was like, you know what, whatever. And for about a week, I'm like, ah, whatever, I'm just going to be done with this. And I'm like, so I just shot a Jamarica message out of nowhere and he's just like, yeah, I'll do it. I'm like, all right, we're doing it. That's awesome. <laughs> and, and, and so, yeah, that's kind of how that, that went. Yeah, sometimes you just got to shoot your shot and see who's willing to participate, right? Exactly. That's right. Yep. Uh, well, just like you said, I mean, talking sports with your buddies, nothing better. So right. I'm going to put a couple of these guys out and on an island and let you talk some sense <laughs> into them. All right. All right. Jack all and right. Nate, you guys are our Milton diehards. All right. <laughs> Jack even said he's the young Pat Mahomes. Yeah, that's, that's right. Bad. Toby didn't that's like that. Toby didn't like that. I didn't like that. No, I mean, come on, man. Come on. So, Toby, please talk some sense into these guys. They're way too early with this. Like, come on. <laughs> well, okay. They're saying that Milton should start, let alone that Milton is as good as the greatest quarterback that I've ever seen with my two eyes. So, uh, that is that's brutal. Okay. I will say, Joe Milton has the physical tools of a quarterback that you'd love to see is he the most athletic people think he's this athlete like he's going to scramble for a bunch of yards no dylan mccaffrey is that guy out of those two does joe milton have the cannon for an arm yes has what i've seen from him has it looked erratic yes i do i think dylan mccaffrey can make almost all the throws i, I bet he could make 85 percent of the throws that milton can but more accurate in my opinion i'm more of a guy take care of the ball and let's not, you know, throw three picks a game. And I think that Milton would be that kind of guy that could throw for 300, 350, 400 yards, four touchdowns, three interceptions, and he throws an interception to lose us a game. You know what I mean? Jameis so Winston. I, I, sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. Jameis Winston. Um, yeah, yes, Jameis Winston is, is a fair example, more of a fair example than a Pat Mahomes. That's for sure. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> if, if I were to pick a quarterback, it's definitely McCaffrey. Um, at least going into the season. But I think the most important thing is having a healthy quarterback competition. Because if there's a legitimate competition, it's going to make both of these guys better. We've seen it throughout any sport, any position. If there's a competition within teammates, it's going to make them be their best. So I, I think that I'd like to see McCaffrey, but if they both battled out and Milton's the starter, I trust the coaching staff. I trust Milton. I think that we're good. But I, if, if I were to say from right now, I think McCaffrey's going to start and he should. So to go off, like definitely a healthy quarterback competition is huge, but so yeah. like having a healthy quarterback, does that like McCaffrey has sure. been injured yeah. 
a lot, right? Does that, I mean, does that concern you at all? Or do you think that's just kind of like a thing where Matt Stafford got hurt a lot in the beginning of his career and then he's been fine ever since? Um, right. Is that something that like kind of plays into maybe you want to see Joe Milton out there as the first team guy because he's, he may be more durable or are you saying McCaffrey's just the guy that should be in there? And you know, if he gets hurt, then we've got a good backup. It's yeah, that's a fair question. I, I think the way that they used McCaffrey was more of a gadget type player than a legitimate, I'm going to be a quarterback for our team last year. I think if he were to be trot out week one against Washington and be the starter, they're not going to be using him in the ways that he, they were. Is he right. skinny and is he a guy that I could see get, getting injured the way he played last year, especially? Absolutely. Yeah. But I don't think that his injuries are a cause of concern and just say, okay, no, we're going to put Milton in because he's more quote-unquote durable. No, I, I, I don't see that at all. But I, I think that having two guys there is important, and I think it's huge. And I think when, when we had you know Gutierrez when Braylon was a senior and we could just put in Chad Henney, that's pretty nice. So if, yeah. if McCaffrey gets hurt, we can just put in Joe Milton. That would also be pretty nice. So I think that's a similar situation there. Yeah, I think that this is, you know, outside of last year, obviously, when we had three, you know, pretty solid quarterbacks in the quarterback room. Um, we haven't had, you know, a two-headed monster like this in a long time. You know, yeah. I, I was, you know, the 2016 uh, Ohio-Michigan-Ohio State game was on ESPN there the other night. You know, one of the worst <laughs> days of all of our lives. Um, but um, I was like, okay, you know, there there was stuff going going around about Spate being, you know, he had a cracked clavicle in that game, and that was why he didn't play, you know, he didn't play well and had the interceptions. And I'm like, all right. So I went back and looked up, you know, what was our depth chart in, in the QB room there? You know, like, why didn't we have a backup in? And guess who our, our backup was? John O'Corn. You know, like, <laughs> we haven't had, you know, a real solid um, backup quarterback in a long time. So to Jack, you know, to – to your point is, you know, I think we put McCaffrey out there and if he does get hurt, then yeah, we've got a great solid backup. And and so that's where I'm pretty confident in the quarterback room going into 2020. Yeah. Hey, Jack and I were big John O'Corn fans until they actually put him in. So. <laughs> For a time. For a time. We were there. We're saying John O'Corn, let's go. And then, <laughs> then he went in and you know, tables turned real quick. The so, rest uh, is history. Yeah. What, yeah. Whatever I, happens, whatever happens is next year. If it starts off bad, that's going to be the go-to thing. Take yeah. him out. We're, this isn't oh, working. Yeah. It's, it's, it's like a, it's like a cycle I'm seeing like every, like, you know, every year now. But I, know, I, think, I think with Joe, oh, sorry, right. I think, um, you, you touched on that, you know, he might not be as athletic and shifty as some people think, but, I actually kind of think a little bit differently. I think he is is very shifty, and he, he seems to me a little bit more agile than uh, than Dylan. I think people talk about Dylan being super fast, and I think they always kind of like go to that specific highlight that he had against Wisconsin where he ran for, I think, like a 30- or 40-yard touchdown. But to me on that play, like, yes, he has blazing speed, but that hole was – it was pretty wide. And I think Joe – um, he does have some like, you know, maybe some concerns with throwing picks, but I feel like he has such an upside and he has so much potential. And I feel like this has kind of been a quarterback that we've been waiting for somebody who's so like, I mean, if you look at his high school tape, he's making, he's making throws like 60 yards down the field, one foot. And he's just like, it's like, who's, 
Like, I think he honestly does have a stronger arm than Pat Mahomes. I'm just, I'm just saying that. Whoa. He does. He does. <laughs> Look at the tape. He's throwing oh, 80-yard bombs, and they're just bullets, dude. I'm telling you. I know it's – I know <laughs> – I'm not saying that he's better than Pat Mahomes, right? We know there's a lot more that goes into, you know, performing at the field than just how good of an arm you have. But I'm telling you, wow. he's got that type of arm. And he's going to be able to make throws – um, off one foot, if he's like running out of the pot, out of the pocket, um, you know, I'm, I'm excited for Joe. I don't, I don't know. Either way, I'm going to be happy. You're going to either have a guy who's the next Cam Newton or a guy who literally is, you know, he has a legacy of having, you know, his family members in the NFL. So I think either way we're on a good track going forward. If I was Joe Milton, I would hire you two as <laughs> campaign manager like, i'll do it going into the do it. yeah yeah <laughs> well it's funny because I mean, what the, did uh, uh what did ahead. um joe milton's when he was in high school he tried to play baseball and his baseball coach told him no because you throw too hard right <laughs> i mean that's a pretty good story and if i mean i can't uh, i can't remember it exactly but it was one of those things you go like oh that's right yeah this is like classic joe just you know that's a monster arm. No, yeah. Anyway, bro, yeah, go ahead. I was just gonna say the no matter who who wins it, the backup quarterback is always the most popular guy on campus or in right. you know, <laughs> everyone wants to see that the, the grass is always greener, that the backup QB can always do better than whoever's in. So um yeah. Um I will I did want to ask though, because you know, you kind of said you just shot Jamark Woods a, a message, you know. Is that kind of how you've gotten all your interviews? Is it, um, or is it more, you know, do you have relationships with the university or, or how do you really go about that? Sure. Yeah. So at first it was just DMs. Yeah. It, it was just kind of like figuring out who, because it takes a special person to take a flyer on somebody that has not interviewed anybody and, you know, like, <laughs> take their time. So I, I thought that was really cool. And I've, I've kept a cool relationship with Jamar. He's a really cool guy. Um, but, but since then, um, I've been in contact with the head of athletic communication for the basketball team. So that's how I got a lot of basketball players. Um, and now like I have like a network kind of of guys. So I, I'll text people that I know, uh, that I've interviewed. And then, you know, they, like just today I, I texted one of the baseball players and I, got jimmy kerr's number so i'm going to interview jimmy kerr coming up soon um so so just stuff like that for example um makes it a lot easier and having like you know I've, i think it's been almost 50 now is is really helpful so i started mm -hmm. with the dms find the cool people that are that are down to do it and then <laughs> and then after that uh kind of use your networking it's it's very helpful now gotcha. there's there's a lot of sports out there, and obviously we're big football guys, and we talk a little bit of basketball, but mm -hmm. you've done a really good job of branching out and interviewing a lot of guys playing all kinds of different sports. Thank um, you. Is there, is there a sport that we definitely should be talking about that we're not? So are you, how much do you guys talk basketball? You guys talk basketball quite a bit? Not not a whole lot, like sprinkle it in here or there. I mean, obviously with everything going on with recruiting and Christopher and Isaiah Todd, you know, that, that came yeah. up, but right. um, not a whole lot. I'd say, and guys, correct me if I'm wrong, it's probably 80-20 football. Okay. That's accurate. All right. I think you're right. That's yeah. fair. One, one sport that I would say is incredibly, incredibly entertaining, and I don't know if you guys watched the College World Series last year, but uh, college baseball 
and this this Michigan team last year, this Michigan team this year is really, really fun. I don't know if you guys like baseball. Um, I loved baseball when I was a kid. It kind of lost its luster on me. It got really slow. Um, and then watching the College World Series last year was just so exciting. Um, and my favorite player last year by far was Tommy Henry, who then I got to interview, which was really cool. He's a really nice, really nice guy and a really good pitcher. Um, so I would definitely say college baseball is a sport that you guys should check out. Um, your listeners also, or viewers, should check out. Um, it's really interesting stuff. No, yeah, I definitely tried to check out college baseball. Um, I mean, especially last year with that crazy run Michigan went on. Uh, right. Jack, I know you were watching it too. I mean, we were talking about it. Um, yeah, I mean, that's that's the last time that I really followed Michigan um, Michigan baseball, like, and got excited about it too. Because mm-hmm. the last time we did, so Kalen and I, we both went to uh, Ann Arbor Pioneer and For Zach sure. Putnam played there and then he went to Michigan and then they had that crazy team where Alan Oaks hit the walk off or like the go ahead home run against David Price when they played Vanderbilt. Um, And that was really before last year, that was really the last time that I was like following Michigan baseball and it's something you could get really excited about and watch. Um, So yeah, last year was, I mean, that was so cool, especially when you have a dog in the fight, like to be able to watch that, like that makes it so much more fun. Absolutely. Of course. Yeah. Um, and for me, so my girlfriend played softball at Michigan too. Um, so, so we, I, I'm uh, uh, following the softball team at all times, and um, that is also a sport. I, when I listened to um, your interview with Cam from the Michigan Wave, he mentioned I think that he wanted to post more about softball because they, yeah. you know, deserve the respect. You know, even obviously they're a, a you know women's sport and they don't get as much coverage as the men's sport, but they're so successful and have been for such a long time that, you know, that's a, a they'd, they'd have a, a lot of people. You would ever get the chance to interview Hutch, the coach. Yeah. She's unbelievable. One of the greatest women I've ever known. So, um, and she is funny and she's like rough on the edges, but actually if you get to know her, she's pretty awesome. So if you would ever get the chance, that'd be a good one too. Yeah, I, uh, I I interviewed Haley Hoganrod, who's a starting outfielder for them. And okay. I have a couple a couple other girls following me. I think Hannah Carson, who's their catcher, and Alex Tureko, who's their, one of their pitchers. They follow mm-hmm. me. So at some point, I will get more uh, softball players on. I, I do take pride in the fact that I kind of, you know, diversify a little bit. Because yeah, I know a lot of people like, like the football. But you get cool stories either way. So I think, I think it's pretty cool. Sure. So what is what's your favorite story that you've heard from a Michigan athlete? That's a good question. I I've had a couple uh, when when I was interviewing Caesar, and th- this was kind of this is kind of how I blew up th- the first time. I would say last summer I was interviewing Caesar, and I said, or I actually I was interviewing Aiden Hutchinson first, and I asked okay. him who's the best freak athlete on the team. He said Caesar. I was shocked. I'm like, wow, see, wow. offensive lineman crazy. So then when I was interviewing Caesar, I said. What, what can you run in the 40 and straight face? He told me four, three. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, see, you're like three, 40, three, six, I'm not running a four, three. You might be running a six, four. I don't know. You're not running a four, three. And he said, you just wait for the comma. He, he ran like low fives, which is great for an offense. Yeah. It's awesome. <laughs> um, I knew he wasn't going to run a 4-3. But the funny part is I have so many young people that follow me. Everybody thought he was telling the truth. They're like, 
yeah, he's going to run just as fast as Henry Ruggs, of course. I mean, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so, so that was a really good story. Um, that was that was really funny. And I also I interviewed a guy named Kurt Ojola recently. He he pitched yeah, for the Marlins, yeah. and he told me the story of how he was just throwing a knuckleball in the in the bullpen, and Jim Leland came up and was just amazed by his knuckleball. You're going to be throwing a knuckleball. He was just messing around. I mean, I don't know if any of you guys played baseball, but I would always throw a knuckleball, you know, just messing around. And he was just messing around, and he was like, nope, you're throwing a knuckleball. So he threw a knuckleball the rest of his career in majors. That's crazy. I mean, just stuff like that. It's, it's pretty awesome. All right. I, I wasn't sure if I wanted to ask this, but and, – and you don't have to answer if you don't want to, but – have you had any like duds of an interview that you thought were going to be good and then just like for whatever reason didn't work? It, there was no flow or they didn't have good answers or whatever. And, and that's a great question. No, I definitely will answer that. Um, I, I think that that the at first I stunk at interviewing. I was horrid at interviewing. So I think I look more at it like when I was bad, those were the bad interviews. But there's also those guys that you can tell just woke up from like a five hour nap and they just don't want to be doing this. There was a guy last summer. I won't, I won't say his name, um, but he, he had a good season. He's in the offensive skill position. So I guess you can kind of narrow it down from the guys that I've interviewed. Um, but uh, that was a little bit of a dud. He didn't want to do it. I could tell. Um, and, but I don't have those anymore, which is really cool. It's everybody kind of yeah. wants to do them now. Um, I've kind of, I guess I've got the, the credibility. I don't really know. I, I don't know how that yeah. happened. Um, but yeah, so it, it's a good question. Um, but I, I used to suck and now I don't as much. Well, that's what I would <laughs> try and to suck cool less too, and less like, every time. Right. Yeah. That's and that's the cool thing too, is you, you like, you do have the credibility. Like you're basically like there's John Jansen and then, and then like, there's you, like you guys are the guys that are interviewing players and talking to them, which is like the really cool thing. Um, so I guess another question that we have is what, what's your favorite interview that you've done? There's a lot of them. <laughs> There's a lot of them. I, I mentioned him earlier. Tommy Henry, uh, recent, loved that interview. If, if only for the fact that he seemed to be just a genuinely, amazingly nice guy. And those are kind of the ones that, that I think are, are the cool ones for me. Like, yeah, you can put up all these stats, whatever. But if, if you're a nice guy and make those kind of connections, I think that's, that's the coolest thing for me. I also really, really enjoyed interviewing Aiden Hutchinson this past summer. Uh, he's the same way, a very nice guy. And one of those guys that like, I don't think he does anything except think about football and <laughs> work out and play football. You know, those he, type of guys. he was, he oh, was yeah. bred. I mean, obviously his dad, yeah. he was literally born to play and think about football. So yeah, that makes yeah. sense. <laughs> and I, I think that he is going to have a heck of a year this year. I think you are going to see some crazy stuff. I mean, last year you saw some crazy stuff, but this year I think whew, him and Quiddy. Oh, Man, Quiddy Pay, that was also a great interview. Great, interesting story about yeah. how he, he fled from, from Africa at a young age. So, yeah, I, I've had some really cool interviews for sure. Yeah, Aiden Hutchinson, man. He, there was a couple times where we were watching games together, and he's making tackles, like, on the other side of the field. And it's like, wait, where did he even come from? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. He's fast, so fast. Aiden um, Hutchinson's a great guy. Yeah, no, I'd, I'd love to see him play some more. Jack, what were you going to say? 
Uh, no, I, that's that's what I had. I think Ro was ready to get something oh, going. Sorry, Ro. Yeah, I was just going to say, you know, you you mentioned that you think that he's going to be uh, Aiden's going to have a heck of a year next year. Is there anybody else that you think would be, you know, a breakout player for Michigan next season that maybe we might not see coming, or maybe we, you know, he's, you know, on the verge there. So the two that I hear a lot, one on the offensive side of the ball, I hear Giles Jackson a lot. I, I like that one. Um, I don't know. I don't know if he's a guy that I necessarily take it, see taking a huge step up. I think he's great in the return game. Um, I think he's great with the little, you know, end around type deals like that. But I like, I personally like Mike Sainer still better than I like Giles Jackson. So we'll see wow. with that one. Yeah. Um, and then I also hear Dax Hill a lot, obviously, uh, you know, um, makes sense. Top five-star guy. Um, but I'm going to go back to Dylan McCaffrey. <laughs> and I know that you guys, you two don't want to hear it. <laughs> I, I, I want to hear it. Though. Joe out of there. No, no, no. no. <laughs> uh, I, I think that that there's obviously the quarterback highest pressure position by far. I think that McCaffrey is ready. He's ready to take that step. I think he's got the arm. I think he's got the athleticism. And I think he's got a guy breathing down his back, like you guys say, with Joe Milton. And I think that motivates guys. So I think Dylan McCaffrey is is my my pick for breakout player next year. Love it. You love to hear it. You know what? We might disagree with uh, Hey, with, if he has a breakout know, season, if he has a breakout season, that's fine with me, man. I can hear hey, we're good, as man. long as they win. Yeah, yeah that's right. <laughs> they, these guys will flip. They'll they'll jump ship real quick if he has a hot start. Oh, next year. dude! In two <laughs> seconds, two seconds, I'll hey. be on the McCaffrey train. Good. <laughs> hey, I uh, I got another question though for you. Um, yeah. So I read an article on Rivals. Uh, talking about how Michigan was the biggest underachiever in college football. Do you agree with that? Do you think that's an accurate assessment, or is this just sensationalized journalism? I, I think it's the latter. I, uh, I, I disagree with the fact that we're – yes, okay. So Ohio State, we can't beat them. That's true. We, we, we simply just cannot beat them. They are better than us. They have better coaching, better players, everything, better. But are we underachieving? Are we the biggest underachieving team? No, I don't think so. I think winning nine, ten games a year is good. Is it great? Is it where we want to be? No. But are we underachieving? I don't agree with that necessarily. I think that we've talked about it throughout this interview that Michigan is a huge brand, one of the biggest brands. And they're easy to attack in that way. But I don't think that we are underachieving. I think that we just can't beat the team that's last on our schedule every year. And I think that sucks, but I don't necessarily think that means we are a massive underachieving team. I agree 100% with you. I mean, I think there's this almost like weird ESPN take of like Michigan still can't win. Oh, and their their athletes can't seem to get it done and all this kind of thing. I'm like, this is I don't know where this is coming from because we're going like we can't beat one team is really what it starts to amount to. I don't mm -hmm. know if you guys have any perspective on that. So I've, I've actually got a follow-up question kind of because what you said, you know, it's the yeah. last team we play every mm -hmm. year. What would you – would you be somebody that would would like to see us play Ohio State the first game of the season or keep it where it is? Because I'm somebody – I'd like to get that game over with, honestly. <laughs> like not, not just because yeah. when we lose, but like on, it's a great way to start the season. We have great weather. And it's just, a, there's so much excitement surrounding that game. 
I, I would love to see them start the season against Ohio State. And I, I want to I hear what you kind of have to hear about that, say about that. That might be the worst idea I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm man. just kidding. I'm just kidding. I think um, it's, it's the worst. It's, it's a bad idea because it goes against the tradition of the game, but right. it's good because of how it's gone. So, yeah, I mean, sure. We're just going to lose in the first game. I mean, yeah, it's here's the thing that, that I think about that. The, the one thing that I've learned about Michigan sports, specifically Michigan football, is the strict importance of tradition. Like we people still talk about Tom Harmon and he's been dead for a long time, you know, and it's, it's stuff like that. Or you see Desmond Howard, Anthony Carter, Charles Wood. I mean, even going to games. First of all, that video is gets me goosebumps every time with James Earl Jones. Oh, my goodness. But well, anyways, we, with that video, and it's all clips that are from like 1990 and before. So yeah. tradition is so big at Michigan. Does that kind of suck? Yeah, because we can't win right now, and we can't be that team, that 1997 team or whatever before. But they would never do that. And I was just joking about, about it being the worst idea. But <laughs> I, I, it, it just wouldn't ever happen, you know. And, and yeah. I just we – would, we would lose. We would lose if it was the last game or the first game. What, you know what I mean? But I'm not saying anymore. I have confidence in this. But I'm saying we would have lost. I love that. I love that. <laughs> okay. Well, let's go into a, an alternate future, we'll call it. Okay. And let's just say, you know, in this bizarro alternate future that Jim Harbaugh loses to Ohio State two more times and we can't win a Big Ten championship. Would yeah. you start to advocate to fire Jim Harbaugh? So I. I would our seasons be like 10 and two, nine and three, like stuff like that, like kind of similar to what we've been having. Exactly. Um, I see, I'm always in the not fire Jim Harbaugh train. And I, I think part of that goes with who are you going to get in? That's going to do any better than him. That's going to beat Ryan day. Now, Ryan day, formerly urban Meyer. I mean, in my opinion, it's nobody. I, I interviewed Mason Cole. Um, and I asked him the same question. I'm like, man, you know, Harbaugh just can't get over that hump. He says, I promise you one thing. I've been in the, the room with him for years. You, Michigan cannot get a better coach for that than Jim Harbaugh. And so he, he was there. So I trust him. Um, so, yeah, it, would it suck to lose two more times? Do I think it's going to happen? No, I think that we will win one of these next two years against Ohio State. But if that were to happen, I would not be advocating for him getting fired. He might. He, he might. But and he probably would leave before he got fired. That would be my yeah. guess. Um, but – no, I wouldn't advocate him. What about you guys? You guys think I, I'm, I'm guessing there's I'm, one of you guys that thinks he should get fired after that. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm with you 100. I'm with you 100. I think a lot of the like, yes, we haven't been successful against Ohio State, but it doesn't mean we haven't been successful. You know, they've just been very successful. So to just, I think there's a lot of this kind of dogmatic like we we are not perfect, therefore we should just you know, move on. Like, I mean, come on, like, that's just not reasonable. Um, it just doesn't seem like a rational idea to me. Right. I, 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 I would agree. Okay. So I'm a hundred percent on the not fire Jim Harbaugh train too. But if say we go two more years and we still, you know, so now we're what? Owen seven against, uh, Ohio state with, Harbaugh. that is, I mean, that's, <laughs> that's a lot of games, man. So I, I'm not going to go ahead and say we should fire Jim Harbaugh because 
he is, you know, he's not the guy or not the talented guy or whatever, not the best coach, but maybe he's not the right guy because the expectations are so high because he is Jim Harbaugh, you know, at Michigan. He's supposed to be the the Messiah here. So maybe instead of Jim Harbaugh, we go out and get somebody with, you know, less expectations or less pressure on themselves because they're not, you know, the great, you know, one of the great quarterbacks in Michigan history and, you know, coming home and that all that mantra, you know, so not because I don't think he can do it, but just because like we've almost, you know, put ourselves in a corner now that we all, you know, the pressure and with the expectations when he came in, we're like, all right, we're going to win a national championship within five years. Now we haven't come close and it's, you know, we put that pressure on ourselves. So maybe bringing in, and I don't know, I have no idea who it would be, but maybe just somebody else with, you know, not so many Michigan ties and the, the expectations and the pressure aren't there. I don't know. Yeah, I guess the fear there would be that you fall into the uh, Nebraska pitfall, right? Where you get rid of your, your guy when you were winning nine games a year and now look at Nebraska, they're, they're struggling. Yeah. Um, I mean, we did it. We did the same thing with Lloyd Carr. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. I also feel like a lot of this, this kind of like dogmatic stuff doesn't help the program either. Like when everybody's constantly trashing it and saying like, oh, we can't ever get things done. Like recruits hear that people hear that a vibe then like takes over and then it continues on. So I think mm-hmm. like there's a lot of stuff that honestly, as a fan base, we could also improve on like, man, have you ever been to Michigan Stadium? How quiet it is for 110,000 fans. I mean, like, get mm-hmm. up, people, like, yell or something, right? <laughs> like, yeah. gosh. I mean, like, I mean, you hear, I hear stuff about my parents talking about when they went to games in the 70s and 80s, and they're like, man, it was so loud, blah, blah. Now it's just quiet. Everybody's just like, okay, next drive. I mean, get up, do something, like, yell. I don't know, mm-hmm. like, have more stuff at the stadium. I don't know. I'm trying to think of anything I can to get from this game. <laughs> no, I, I, I agree with you, and I have a story about that. Uh, boy, I can't remember what game it was, but last year, no, two years ago, my dad and I, we went to a game. We have my dad has season tickets, and first drive of the game, go down, touchdown, like a seventy-yard touchdown. We stand up, go crazy. The lady behind us says, "Hey, sit down." We're like, uh, "What?" After they, a touchdown, seventy-yard touch, like we're like, "What?" Like this is a football game, right? And so, I, that when I heard that, I'm like, man, something's wrong here. Something's wrong here because it's it's more about like, oh, we're gonna go to the game and then we're gonna go out for dinner or whatever. But it's it's less about the result and more about the experience for a lot of these people, and that's that's a bummer. You know, it's not that competitive that competitive drive anymore. I guess. Have you had an opportunity to go to a game at a different uh, stadium? Uh, yes. Do you? I've only been to Spartan Stadium, I think. Bummer. Um, but <laughs> but uh, that was when Kurt Cousins, because Kurt Cousins is from Holland Christian, um, which is right by me. Um, so he's a good dude, honestly. He very, is a good dude. Very good dude. Yeah. Um, but he just made two really bad uh, school choices in Holland Christian and <laughs> Michigan State, but whatever. Um, so it was a Denard Robinson and Kirk cousins and we, it was in the rain and we lost and it was ugly. Um, but yeah, and it was, it was loud, but it, it honestly wasn't anything compared to Michigan. Michigan state didn't wow me. 
Right. No, I know Jack and I had an opportunity to go see uh, Alabama, Tennessee, down in mm. Knoxville, um, and that was that was pretty loud. It wasn't as loud as Michigan Stadium. I would say I was more impressed that I was standing next to somebody's grandma and they were reciting the Alabama depth chart. Uh, wow, <laughs> dude. Yeah. And so they, everybody around us was standing up. They were yelling. They were cheering. Like awesome. they, they, they were fans of their team and they weren't afraid to show it. And it wasn't like, like exactly what you said when you go to Michigan Stadium, man. Like every experience I've had there, it's like me and my buddy and then whoever's around me, we're the only ones that are doing anything. And right. it's just, it's unbelievable. You're going to a game to watch a game to support your home team. If you're going to be quiet and you want to sit down, stay home. Exactly right. Yeah. Well, we don't want to get too down on it. I mean, you go I, in I the know, student I, section. I, I guess kids are up. I could yeah. just. <laughs> my complaints, like, just coming on the show. <laughs> okay. Well, I think we got most of our questions in here. Does anybody else have any more questions you want to ask Toby? Well, yeah, so I see. Or go ahead, Ro. I was just going to ask one more, and then we can get to, to his uh, his stuff. But, um I mean, easy, easy question here. Record prediction for next season. Maybe not an easy question, but a simple question. Yeah, right. A simple question. I mean, 10 and 2, you know, I I think we lose one of those, (laughs) one of those Penn State, Wisconsin's in the beginning of the year in Ohio State. Like, (laughs) might it change? It might. Might we not even have a season? We might not. Would that suck? Yes. I don't know what I would do with myself. (laughs) <laughs> um, what about the spring? What about a uh, spring season? Are you like open to that? Do you do you like a, that idea? Having a spring season, you said. Yeah. I mean, I'm I any way to get college football, I'm in for. <laughs> yep. But yep. I think I think having it at a different time or changing everything up is so like you don't understand. Well, I mean, you guys understand, but most people don't understand how big of a business it is a massive business. So th- trying to move all this stuff around and, you know, we're going to kick baseball and all the spring sports out. I just, it's a headache. And I, would I lo- would it happen? And would I go to the games? Yes. But I, it would be really, really hard. I think. Yeah. And so ESPN FPI just came out with their predictions for the big 10. They had Michigan at seven and five. How about that? So they basically losing every big game. I mean, that would mean Washington, uh, Minnesota, uh, Wisconsin, Penn State, and Ohio State. So um, I, don't I, see that I, I don't see that happening either. I really think we go in and beat Washington um, right, right away, which would be, you know, a huge win for us on the road. We haven't won those games on the road, you know, much. Um, right. And then I, I still think, you know, I still think we're a, a bit ahead of Minnesota as far. I know Minnesota's on the rise, but I think we still beat them. And then I think we win at home. Um, you know, we win one of the the, the uh, Penn State and um, uh, Wisconsin games. So, yeah, yeah. I, I think you're – I mean, 10 and 2 is an easy answer to a simple question, right? But uh, you're probably spot on because we're, uh, we're, you know, that's where we've been for the past five years pretty much. Right. There's a lot of question marks there too, right? So hopefully that ESPN FBI just has uh, inconclusive data or something in their <laughs> algorithm. <laughs> All right, Toby, we got an, our last segment here called Zero to 90. Um, all right. We all have an opportunity to voice whatever opinion we have, positive, negative, whatever, but you only have 30 seconds. 
Would you like to participate? I would. I would not like to go first, but I will participate. (laughs) Okay, that's fine. You could go last. All righty. All righty. These guys will show you how it's done, but we're going to start with Roe this week. Roe, are you ready for your 30 seconds? I don't know. I didn't. uh, I don't have much prepared here. I don't have anything prepared, Ro. It's Come on now. Yeah. <laughs> We're all just riffing here. Okay. Right. Your 30 seconds starts now. All right. I would say so with the ESPN FPIs telling us that we're going to go 7-5, and five, I think we have a better chance to go 12-0 and 0 than we have to go 7-5. and five. So I'll say that. We haven't gone 7-5 and five since, you know, the Rich Rod or Brady Hoke days. I, I say, you know, with a quarterback that might put it all together, we that we have a good chance of going 12-0. The only problem that we all know is going down to Columbus. Good job. You fit it all in in 30 seconds. Wow. I tried it. Okay. I didn't want you cutting me off again like last time, so I tried <laughs> to cut it off. All right, Nate, are you ready? Yeah, I think I'm good. Okay, here you go. 30 seconds starting right now. Okay, so um, we've heard a lot of talk about the G League and some of our some of the players that we had going there. Um, my concern is, is it a possibility that this somehow spills over into college football? So now players are going to decide, hey, let's go to this other league, and then somehow we're not going to have college football. I don't know, just a concern. I'm not sure if it's going to happen, but concern. Oh, Nate's foregoing his time. All right. <laughs> That's an interesting perspective. I like it. I like it. Jack, your 30 seconds starts now. All right. So um, obviously we, you know, we look at Michigan basketball, we look at Michigan football, and um, a lot of things what we've seen with the basketball team is bringing in recruits that are not as highly rated, and they seem to develop into stars and leaders on that team, and we see some success with, with the basketball team. And I think that as far as football – I don't know whether it's a development on the coaching staff or maybe we don't have any leaders, but possibly we need to look into um, something oh, in the development Jack. side. Oh, to, man, ah, he damn never it. got a chance to tell us what to do. <laughs> oh, man. All right, Toby. Here's your, shot. here's your shot right. to let us know what's up. 30 seconds starting now. All right, so I know a lot of people are talking about Isaiah Todd leaving, not getting Josh Christopher. I think this is, in my lifetime, the best recruiting class that Michigan basketball has had especially I'm looking at a guy like Hunter Dickinson down low a more developed John Teske when he's coming in Zeb Jackson is a shooter will be able to help us at the guard spot Jace is a guy like Draymond Green that can do everything for us and Terrence is just a bulldozer man I am so so excited about this freshman class people are getting down about not having Zay Todd and Josh Christopher oh, screw them man they didn't want to come <laughs> Dude, he's getting me hyped for basketball. I like season. that. I know you got me hyped up, man. Hey, I oh. interviewed all those guys too, so they're all good dudes. Had to had to name drop. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Okay, that's awesome. This, what a great way to end the podcast, uh, Toby. Thanks for joining us. Check out Toby at the Prattle Sports Podcast on Instagram, on Apple Podcasts, online store, right? And your hey, new online right. store. Hey, did, did you guys did you guys check me out while I, I was uh, while I was I was sipping through the, the product the placement? <laughs> it's all about product placement. Yeah, I appreciate that, Ro. Yeah, that launched today. Thank you guys for for mentioning that too. Where yeah, can you... where can people go to uh, to buy that stuff? Um, so right now it's in my bio, okay. the, the the link to the store. So you you can just click on there. Um, don't feel any pressure to do that, but 
just just something that I did and and it's 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 been cool. So I, I appreciate you guys mentioning that. Yeah, make sure to hop on there and buy about thirty of those things. Uh <laughs> I want I'm getting the JT is short mug, that's for sure. Oh of course. <laughs> yes. That would that is a fan favorite. Love it. <laughs> Got to make sure everybody knows. Also, check us out, uh, Blue by Ninety on uh, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter. Um, other than that, go blue. Go blue. Go blue. Go blue. Thanks, blue. Toby. Thank you, guys. All you gotta do is leave it better than you found it It's gonna get difficult to stand but hold your balance I just say whatever cause there is no way you're round Everyone falls down sometimes But you just gotta know it'll all be fine It's okay